Welcome back to Intercom. This is Dr. Laura Murillo, presidency of the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. One of our legislative priorities includes the 2020 Census, NAFTA, and DACA. Today, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about the 2020 Census, which is around the corner. So much work has already begun. Your Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce has been at the forefront talking about and making sure that people understand the economic impact of completing the census and making sure that we are addressing all of the truths and myths about the census and why it's important to you, your family, and the region. Today, we have a very special guest joining us with the census, and her name is Rebecca Briscoe. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for having me this morning. Well, it seems like yesterday we were visiting with the U.S. Census from Washington at the chamber offices. I know they came down to Houston, met with Mayor Turner, met with myself, and it was a real urgency to make sure that Houston was prepared and getting prepared for what is around the corner. Having said that, Rebecca, a lot of folks may not understand how critically important it is and what all that information does and how it impacts their family here locally. So on that note, Rebecca, thanks for all you do with Census. Thank you for making sure you're out there providing answers to many questions. But let's start off with the Census, what it is, and what it means for families. Okay, so a Census is is an annual count. And when we're looking at the decennial Census, that is every 10 years. And since 1790, it has been mandated in the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, that everyone will be counted. And you're counted for two different reasons, for apportionment. Apportionment is going to tell us how many congressional seats that we can have based on population and also the allocation of federal funds. And when we're looking at federal funds, we're looking at an allocation yearly of $675 billion. And how does that look for the footprint of Texas? That is over $43 billion for critical programs such as Medicaid, SNAP, WIC, Section 8, even disaster recovery grants are going to be based on a critical count as well. And me as a former educator, the National School Lunch Program. Well, and all of those things touch a variety of different people and segments of our community. Certainly, there's a very big concern that there is a smaller budget for the census and also that there's going to be some changes in terms of how it is going to be conducted. So first, let's start with uh, those two points. Um, Yes, um, we do not have the funding resources that we had in 2010. In 2010, we were allocated um, hundreds of millions of dollars based on um, uh, ARC grants and the previous administration. However, we just don't have those. And by me being a former educator, one of the things I know how to do is is be creative. And so one of the things that we are enlisting are partners. We are counting on critical partnerships to assist us with those efforts. We know if we can count on our grassroots organizations, organizations such as the Chamber, Dr. Laura, we know that we'll be able to have a more accurate count. Also, for 2020, we are excited that we will have more ways to self-respond. One of the most um, that we're excited about is utilizing technology, and that's the Internet. 
we're so drawn to that device in our hand that we'll be able to utilize that to complete our census form. We'll have um, over um, 10 different languages to complete that form online. Um, we'll also have access to do that via the telephone. Um, we'll also have it traditional snail mail, that paper form. And also, if we don't complete those three, that is when you'll see an enumerator. And I do understand that there may be some concerns in our aging population, and that is why we are letting them know that there are different options. They may feel more comfortable on the telephone. And most importantly, building our partnerships in those communities, such as the aging population, such as AARP, where a lot of them will be enlisting volunteers to assist those communities in completing that form. So let's talk a little bit about those individuals that are hard-to-reach communities. We know in Houston we went through Harvey. People have moved apartments. Uh, people have changed homes. Perhaps their addresses are now different. What is the census going to do to locate and make sure that all of these folks are found and that they are given an opportunity to complete the census? It's two two operations that we're taking care of. Um, last year uh, we did LUCA. Um, where we um, submitted that request to Harris County and the city of Houston, where they were supposed to provide the most updated address list. And also, we have an early area census office that is located off of um, Katy Freeway, 13501, where they are going to have address canvassers go out this summer, where they're going to actually match up those addresses that may have had some dramatic um, drifts, where it was from Hurricane Harvey, um, whether it was, you know, people just left that neighborhood or community, just so that when we do have people out in the ground, we are making sure we are reaching out to people who are living in those residences and not wasting time. Well, and that's so very important. We know that one of the tools that's going to be utilized is the computer. People are going to be encouraged to do this online. What are you all doing to make sure that individuals who may not have access to a computer, may not know how to use a computer, will have the opportunity to do so online? That's a very good question. One of the things that we are doing is educating our libraries, educating our libraries because that is a hub. That is a, a trusted voice and, and also a community where they can get resources of education and children can be educated as well. So we're utilizing our libraries. We're utilizing our faith-based organizations so that they can educate their parishes and, and church members and congregations and so forth. We're also going into the school system. And we're doing that as well. And another thing that we're doing for um, our aging population is we're going into those senior living facilities and educating them right now um, on the importance of completing that form. And if they do not feel comfortable utilizing the Internet, the different options that they can self-respond. So we don't want to limit any community because we have various options. But, of course, we will want to utilize technology at, at first. But we know engaging our community partners who have the resources, who have computer labs, who are welcoming, who are inviting, are going to be the key to optimize self-response with that online technology. 
Well, and once again, very important that individuals understand that this is a very quick process, 10 to 11 questions, correct, Rebecca? That is correct. And so it, it doesn't take very much time. And a lot of people want to know if you have to put your name on there, what, what kind of personal information do you have to include, if any, at all? They're going to, of course, ask your name, how many people are in the, in the residence. They're going to ask the relationship um, to the head of household. Um, basic things, but I want to reinforce that that information is going to go into a database and the final product is just going to be the number of people in that housing unit. That is all that is going to be extracted so that we know, for example, if there's a, a public housing unit, we want to get the most accurate information. So if it is eight people living in that home, we want to make sure we're capturing eight because we may be able to get a playground based on the population of kids that are living in that household. Well, and so once again, the role of the census is to make sure we know how many people are here so we can understand how the resources need to be divided. The benefits are so many for us here in this area. We know that Texas last year, the, forgive me, the last time the census was completed, they, they ranked the states in terms of the, the number of, of population, the number of people completing the the census. How did we fare last go-round in Texas? Very good question. We ranked um, about 71%, and the national average was 74%. Wow. So we still have much who more. completed that form. Yes, yes and yes. turned them in. But, well, it's not, but, that's, but that's not bad. And another plus for the state of Texas was they were able to acquire three congressional seats. And there is a strong possibility based on, you know, studies outside of our area, um, election data services, that there's a huge possibility that we can gain up to three or possibly four congressional seats in the state of Texas. Well, that's just one of the many reasons we're encouraging everyone to complete the census. We're encouraging everyone to share the message at your churches, at your workplace, at community organizations, at schools. We want to thank the census for working with the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Rebecca, you guys have been champions. You guys have been so accessible. Together, we can do this. Let's show everyone that Harris County and the Houston area understands the value and importance of census. And let's make our communities stronger and better. I agree. And we are very gracious that you are uh, have been a partner since we visited with you in 2017. And we know that with co collaboration and communication, it is going to be absolutely amazing to make sure Houston Harris County is counted and we can be on the forefront to become the third largest city in a nation. Absolutely. Let's do that. So thanks again to the census, the U.S. Census, for joining us here on the program and for all the work they do here locally. For more information, please visit www.census.gov. Again, census.gov. This is Dr. Laura Murillo. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, Rebecca. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you very much. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye.